So let's talk about this name. Let's look at verse 13 of John 16. And it says, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, not what he's heard, but what he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he shall show you things to come. So notice one of his names here is Spirit of Truth. And of course, St. John 17, verse 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So you could say that he's the Spirit of Truth, but you could also say that he's the Spirit of the Word. So when he speaks, what language is he going to speak? He's going to speak the Word. And so... Uh, for you, it might be New King James, it might be King James, it might be NLT, it might be NIV. He'll speak whatever language you speak. It might be uh, Valena, what is it, the, what's the, uh, the Spanish translation? Valena, what is it? Reina Valera, very good. And so whatever language you speak, that's what he'll speak, glory to God. The key is, is that we have ears to hear what the spirit of truth is saying. Amen. Now here's the thing about truth, and you might want to write this down. The word truth means reality. The word truth means reality. So fact is not reality. Truth is reality. What is truth? The word of God. And he is the spirit of reality. He's the spirit of truth. That's why he will show you things to come. He'll reveal them to you through the precious holy word. Something to understand also is that if, if you believe Holy Spirit is showing you something, it's always going to line up with this book. And if it doesn't line up with this book, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's that pizza you had at 1130 last night. It's something giving you crazy dreams, but it's not God. Because if, it, if, if, it's, if it's God, if it's Holy Spirit, it'll always line up with the Word. Amen? And that's why you can go to the Word, and He'll show you. I remember there's a book that Dad Hagen wrote. Uh, it's actually a message he preached called I Believe in Visions. And he had broken, I think his elbow. He'd broken something, and he was in the hospital, and when he was in the hospital, he said that he heard these footsteps coming down the hall. And when he looked up, this man in white came in, and it was Jesus. And Jesus began to speak to him and began to tell him things that was against his theology. Well, it was a vision of Jesus. It was a manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. And he told Jesus, he said, unless you show me in the Bible, I'm not going to believe it. Do you know when you talk to God like that, he will not get offended? He wants you to prove it. And Holy Spirit will help you prove it and reveal to you the things that are real. Amen? So he is the spirit of reality or the spirit of truth. Now let's look at one of his other names. Go to Romans chapter 1. Praise the Lord. And let's read verse 4. Mm, let's start with verse 3. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which, has, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power 
according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. And of course, from Romans chapter 8, the word of God says that if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he shall also quicken your mortal body. Well, that's the spirit of God. And he says in there as well in Romans chapter 8 that if you have not the spirit of Christ, you are none of his. Well, the spirit of Christ, the spirit that was in uh, Jesus when he walked on the earth and did miracles was the Holy Spirit. Well, one of his names as well is the spirit of holiness. Holiness will and should develop your character and your conduct before God. In the new birth, Holy Spirit brings us God's nature, essence, and attributes. When we are born again, we receive nine fruit of the Spirit. Anybody know what they are? Love, joy, peace, goodness, meekness, temperance, long-suffering, faith. The nine fruit come to live inside you. And what he does with that fruit is when it's cultivated in your life, you're becoming holy just like he is holy. That's why it's important to yield to the spirit of God. One of the things we also find out about him is that he can be grieved. And things that will grieve him will be the flesh. Unforgiveness. All those kind of things will grieve him. And Holy Spirit will never uh, push himself on us. He's a gentleman. Praise God. But his responsibility is to help us be sanctified and set apart from this world. He's the spirit of holiness. Let's look at, uh, we're in Romans. Go to chapter 5 and look at verse 5. And hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. He's in our hearts, and he is working. Let's look at number three, the spirit of life. Go to Romans chapter 8. You're very close. And let's begin with verse 1. Romans 8, we'll read 1 and 2. There is therefore now no condemnation or judgment or a verdict to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, is Spirit capitalized in your Bible? Who is this referring to? It's referring to Holy Spirit, but it also could be lowercase. And, and, and here's what. Holy Spirit lives inside your spirit. Your spirit and his spirit as a born-again believer have become one. So that voice that you hear on the inside uh, prompting you to do the right thing is not the voice of Holy Spirit. That's the voice of your conscience. That's why when you hear that voice, what does it sound like? Sounds like me. Why? Because it is your voice. It's Holy Spirit communicating with your spirit. Praise the Lord. Verse 2, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So Holy Spirit is the spirit of life. Now the awesome thing about the spirit of life is that he'll always supersede and override the spirit of death. That's why he said back there in verse 1 that we are not subject to the law of death if we follow after what? The spirit. Let's read verse 1 again. 
There is therefore now no condemnation or judgment to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh. Put that up in the Amplified if you would please. Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no adjudging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus. But what happens if you sin? Isn't sin wrong? So is there judgment then to those who sin? Not if they're walking after the Spirit. Ooh, I heard some light bulbs go off. Is there sin to those, excuse me, is there judgment coming to those who sin? Well, you have to qualify it. Read verse 1. Come on, open up your mind now. Some of you came in here thinking, I've heard all this before, nothing else for me to learn. Open up. Ready? Verse 1. Therefore, there is now, now no condemnation, which is what? Judgment. When does judgment come? Hold your place there. Hold your plate, hold your finger, and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And verse 31. Are your eyes on it? 1 Corinthians eleven thirty-one. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. So if we judge ourselves, what do we avert? Judgment. What does it mean to judge yourself? Well, back up and read verse 28. But let a man, come on, read verse 28. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh what? What's that word, damnation? Judgment to himself. Why? He didn't discern the Lord's body. But if he would listen to Holy Spirit, who's on the inside, Holy Spirit is saying, you need to judge yourself. You need to examine your heart. And what do you need to do when you examine your heart? You need to recognize that area. Remember, we've read the last few weeks that one of Holy Spirit's responsibilities is that he will convict us of wrong. So when you are convicted of wrong, what does that look like? Well, your conscience feels bad. You have a bad feeling where you know you messed up. So should we sit around and feel bad about it? What should we do? We should judge ourselves. And if we're judging ourselves, are we walking after the flesh or are we walking after the spirit? We're walking after the spirit. Someone who's walking after the spirit does not stay in sin they yield to the Holy Spirit. And what's Holy Spirit saying? He's saying, the blood, the blood, the blood. He's saying, Psst, hey, you remember the blood? Quit sitting around feeling sorry for yourself. You remember the blood? Psst, that blood will cleanse you and wash you clean. So Holy Spirit on the inside will lead you to that place of walking in the Spirit where there is now no more judgment. Is it God's will for you to be judged? Let's see if you all can get this, this one right. When we are judged, who judges us? Huh? Who judges us? Oh, you all are wimps tonight. 
Nobody's even going to yell out a wrong answer. All right, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 32. But when we are judged, well, back up, verse 31. Well, back up, verse 28. Let's read the whole thing. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh judgment to himself. So because he didn't judge himself, now he eateth judgment, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, for this reason, many are weak and sickly among you. What's happening? They're being judged. And many sleep. They die early. Why? They're being judged. Verse 31, if we would judge ourselves, then we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord. Now, many, many people don't understand this scripture. So let me ask you again, and I want a bold answer whether you're right or wrong. When we are judged, who judges us? No, God don't judge us. I'm not going to slap you. Amen, you're here to learn, right? You're not in trouble. When we are judged, who judges us? No, not us either. Hold your place here. How many fingers y'all bring tonight? You got enough fingers? Keep your place in Romans. Keep your place in 1 Corinthians. Go to 1 John chapter 4. A good preacher becomes like a lawyer. And he's not just going to tell you the answer. He's going to say, turn to this case. Turn to... Turn to Sin versus blood. First John. Chapter 4. Glory to God. I love the word. And if you love the word, then you love the Holy Spirit because he's the spirit of the word. Glory to God. One of the reasons why I love the word so much is because when I know the word, then the word will make me free. And I love freedom. I hate being bound. When I'm bound, I'm down, depressed, don't want to get out. I know none of you know anything about that. Don't want to get out of bed, don't want to come to church, feel down and depressed. That's, me, that's bondage. I hate bondage. I've been in bondage. I don't want to be any more back in bondage. Stay out of bondage. Bondage is ugly, stinky. It's worse than that, it's stinky. But the word will keep you free. The word will keep you out of bondage. The word will wash you. And Holy Ghost is like the shower head. He's out there and he's just shining that word down on you to wash you and keep you clean and free. Hallelujah. Um, 1 John 4. Let's begin with verse 16. Mm, let's start with verse 15. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. Now, we know enough, uh, because we've been taught well, who is God that we're referring to? Holy Spirit, right? God the Holy Spirit now comes to live inside of us. Verse 16, and we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect. Now the word perfect here means mature, developed. So as much as you know that God is love and you believe in the love of God, believing in his love and your faith being activated 
causes his love to be developed and mature in you. Someone who knows how much God loves them is someone who is very bold. Why? Because you know daddy's got your back. When you know how much he loves you and that he'll never leave you nor forsake you, whatever issue you come into, whatever trial comes your way, you know that my daddy's got my back. And he ain't just daddy. He is the daddy. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He's the one that made everything with his words. He's almighty God. And he's on my side. Come on now. He's on John's side. He got my back. And all of his angels are, around, are, are protecting me and helping me. Glory to God. Where are we at? Verse 17. Herein is our love fully developed. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Underline that. In this world. So is judgment here, because see I read this for, for a decade and I thought this was talking about the judgment seat of Christ. This ain't talking about the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ is not in this world. Besides, you don't need boldness in that day. It's all over in that day. He says, um, as he is, so are we in this world. Verse 18, there is no fear in love. Well, the day of judgment, is that going to be a day of fear? No, not for believers. And the judgment seat of Christ is only for believers. It's not for unbelievers. That's the white throne judgment. The judgment seat of Christ is for believers. That's a day of glorious rewards being given unto us. Hallelujah. There is no fear in love, but perfect. There's that word again. Developed, mature love does what? Casteth out fear. That word casteth means to flush. Flushes out fear. Because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. So the day of judgment, this word judgment in the Greek is krisis. And it's talking about the day of trial, the day of temptation, the day when Satan comes to attack you. Again, go back now to 1 Corinthians 11. And he says, if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Could this be referring to God judging us? Is it possible? Very quiet in here. Is it possible? Come on now, are we wimpy Christians or are we hefty Christians? Are you hefty, hefty, hefty or wimpy, wimpy, wimpy? Go to Romans 8. You're still there, aren't you? Um... Here's somebody in the back helping me preach tonight. Keep those amens up, girl. Or, or son. Uh, Romans 8 and verse... Mm, let's start with verse 31. What shall we say to these things? See, this is really important because if you think for a minute that God's condemning you, then you'll think that Holy Spirit is condemning you too. And that when you feel that condemnation or that conviction because you messed up, you're going to think that he's condemning you. He'll convict you, but he will not condemn you. 
But so many times, believers are beat up and put down and, and just, you know, barely getting by spiritually because they're so condemned. Condemnation don't come from God. Condemnation comes from Satan. All right, let me prove it. Verse 31, what shall we say to all these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Now, there's the answer right there. If God is for us, is he against you? So is he condemning you? Verse 32, God, who spared not Jesus, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? What are the all things that he gives us? Healing, prosperity, peace, joy, freedom, liberality, relationships. Glory. Glory. 